Hey, this is Rich. This is Cass. This is Jacob. This is Luke. Yes, Salut, c'est Jonathan Mercier. Welcome to the Hillsong Creative Micropod. Hey there, hello and welcome back for another episode of the Hillsong Creative Micropod or podcast where we're exploring the intersection between our creativity and faith. My name is Rich Langton and I'm your host and I'm so glad that you've joined us. Uh, it's always great to be speaking with you. Hey, um... Uh, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to everybody who's been writing reviews on uh, Apple Podcasts. Uh, thank you so much. It's so encouraging. And I think it really helps when other people are searching for podcasts to to see your reviews and to see what, how you're receiving the podcast and what it actually means to you and how you're able to apply it to your life. So thank you for that. And thank you too for everybody who's been sharing on social media. It's so great to, um, to see those shares and to see that you are, um, um, I guess, excited enough to share the podcast with other people and to grow it in that way. Hey, on today's uh, episode, we've got a pretty special team night on demand for you. Last Thursday night, we had a fantastic night at team night here in Australia. Uh, and, and we started a new series called uh, Faith, Hope and Love. And so in this series, this first night was called uh, Faith for Innovation. It's all about how our faith and innovation work together. And I, I was uh, honestly challenged and inspired in my own life, my own creativity, and I think you will be too. So let's jump into it. We'll join Carolee Fielding, Cass Langton, and Gabe Kelly as they explore Faith for Innovation. I'll talk to you soon. Oh, one last thing. This week, we've got a special bonus episode happening because this week would have been our Worship and Creative Conference here in Sydney. But unfortunately, due to coronavirus, we've had to push that back for another year. And uh, But this week, we're releasing all sorts of uh, special bonus content from our past conferences. So if you've been to a conference, you can revisit some of that stuff. If you've never been, I would encourage you to, to uh, go check out our Worship and Creative podcast. Uh, conference playlist on youtube we'll put a link in the show notes but on wednesday this week we're going to release a special episode of the podcast in celebration really of worship and creative conference and of what's been so check out check that out later in the week but right now let's jump into faith for innovation and i'll talk to you soon hello and welcome to team night it is so good to have you all here <laughs> It's so good to have you all here too. My name's Carolee and I just want to welcome you tonight. We are doing, as Gabe said, a night called Faith to Innovate. And I hope you're excited and I hope you're ready. But let me pray for you as we start tonight. Spirit of the living God, won't you come and meet with us tonight, Lord God? Won't you come and teach us something new of who you are? Won't you come and, and breathe on the fire in our hearts, Lord God, fan it into flame? I pray, Jesus, you would forgive us if we have come without expectation, God, because you are always ready to meet with us. I pray that people watching right now, people in the chat right now would leave with a fresh word, a rhema word. Father, that you would speak to us, that the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart would bless your name tonight, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, when, Faith, when uh, Gabe called me this week and he said, I'd like you to speak and I'm going to give you one point. And, and what's going to happen tonight is I'm going to do a point. Cass is going to give you a point and Gabe's going to finish up tonight. So there's three points that I want you to write down. But uh, my assignment tonight was this. 
It was to tell you that innovation is found in God's nature. Innovation is found in God's nature. And, and when, I, when I went to, um, to research this point, I didn't go to the place where you thought I would go. I didn't go to the Bible first. In fact, I went to the dictionary first and I looked up the word innovation and it said this, a new idea, method or device, the introduction of something new. And I don't have to tell you Hillsong Creative, but what we have serve a God who is always doing something new. Isaiah 43 verse 19 says this, Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Innovators are always doing something new in order that the redemptive message of the Gospel goes forward. And while we may not find this exact word of innovation in the Scriptures, the Bible is full of examples of innovation from God forming the earth out of nothing to Solomon building the temple or, or the early church um, being countercultural in their ways. You know, um, Craig Rochelle said, often the church is disruptive in their ideas. For years, Christians have, um, have been innovative in their faith. Moravian Christians sold themselves into slavery on British islands in order to bring the gospel message to the slaves. I'm reading a book with my son right now and it talks about Brother Andrew who walked backwards in the snow to bring Bibles into closed nations, hoping that his footprints would then lead the Soviet soldiers in another direction. You know, what about you? Are you an innovator? Our actions need not be heroic or dangerous or dramatic. My own story of faith is linked to um, one connect group of young married couples who pursued my parents, their neighbours with love and simple acts of kindness until Jesus met them and my life has never been the same. 2020 has been a year of innovation for all of us. Think about this online church, online team night. You're perfecting the art of the chat here. Some of you still need a little bit of work in that. But we're innovating how we, how we speak to our overseas family, how we connect to loved ones, how we smile through a mask or show acts of service at a safe distance. Our work life, our family life, our romantic life, our financial life requires innovation in this time. But innovation is God's nature. Let me prove it to you. Here are four points, four attributes of innovators that I believe align with attributes of God. Number one is this, write it down. Innovate, oh sorry, whatever one is this. And it's innovators are doers and our God is a doer. Sarah Ben Brathnick said this, the world needs dreamers and the world needs doers. But above all else, what the world needs most is dreamers that do. There are a number of words synonymous with innovation. For example, invention is often substituted for innovation. But there are subtle differences. For instance, think about this. The phone was an invention, but the smartphone was an innovation. Creativity and innovation are also intrinsically linked. And we know that we serve a creative God, the Creator. But there is a difference between innovation and creativity. You see, creativity is thinking up new things, but innovation is doing new things. Isaiah 43 says this, let me tell you again, behold, I am doing a new thing. Thank God it didn't say, behold, I am dreaming up a new thing. <laughs> because I believe the Lord is calling us, His creatives, His people, not just to dream, but to do. So what's in your heart tonight? What are you actually doing to make it happen? It's a challenge for all of us. Number two is this, innovators are problem solvers. Jesus was a problem solver. Some might even call Him a way maker. 2020 could be um, classified as a lot of things, but a problem might be one of them. 
Think about this, the earth teemed with wickedness in the Bible and God, rather than destroying the human race, told Noah to build an ark. When nine brothers were filled with hatred and jealousy and sold their brother into slavery, God's innovative plan took what was meant for evil and turned it to good. There was an entire group of people who who needed to walk through an impossible body of water and God parted the seas and then in His innovative plan, destroyed their enemies with that same water. God is an innovator. He is a problem solver. What are you doing to solve problems? Number three is this, innovators are rule breakers. Jesus was a rule breaker. This feels like one of those points college is gonna call me about later, but, but think about this. You are praising a Jesus who is a rule breaking Jesus. He healed people on the Sabbath day. He ate without washing his hands. He sat with sinners, made friends with tax collectors, and he spoke to a young prophet and told him to marry a prostitute in order to show his people what they need to do. He's a problem solver, Hillsong creative. He never rebelled against the will of God though. He was never a rebel without a cause, always under authority, but he was a rule breaker. Don't be afraid to get a bit of mud slung on you as you innovate. Jesus had a bit of mud slung on him. Lastly, it's this, innovators are collaborative. Jesus is collaborative. John 13, 34 says, A new command I give to you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know you are my disciples if you love one another. We are living in a relational time in history where the needs of an individual have completely eclipsed the needs of the larger community. Individualism seems to be the new world order. Oftentimes we speak primarily of a personal relationship with God. And of course there is nothing wrong with a personal relationship with God. But the love that Jesus speaks about is communal. It's others focused. The church is meant to fulfill the needs of other people. We are commanded to love one another. Don't disconnect. Lean in with your innovation in order to love people and show people the love of our ever-present, ever-knowing God. He has everything, He knows everything and He chooses to collaborate with us. He gives us ideas so that we can take His message to the world. Well, what a reminder team. I don't know about you, but whether you're in lockdown in Melbourne or you are struggling with life in Bali or whether you are feeling the effects of COVID-19 in South America, that song and that reminder, we have a reason to worship in every season. You are still God. And you know what? That is our confession as a worship team. And I get to bring the second point. And the second point of um, Faith to Innovate is this, innovation as worship. You know, I find last people's words fascinating. It says a lot about their life and their legacy. And the Bible records some pretty amazing last words. In fact, it records in Joshua 23, the parting words of Joshua to the people of Israel. And I wanna read it to you. And I know it might seem like a strange place to start, but stick with me. It says this, Joshua said, "'It is almost time for me to die. "'You know and you fully believe, Israel, "'that the Lord has done great things for you. You know that He has not failed to keep His promises. Every good promise that the Lord your God made has come true. And in the same way, His other promises will come to true. He promised evil will come upon you if you destroy the good land that He gave to you. And this will happen if you don't keep your agreement with the Lord your God. 
And if you go and you serve other gods, if you worship them, then the land, will, the Lord will become very angry with you and your land will fail to produce a harvest. Did you get that? So this is what Joshua is saying to the people. And they say in response, do you know what, Joshua, we will serve the Lord your God. But guess what happens? That is the very last chapter of the book of Joshua. And then we come to the book of Judges. And by chapter two of Judges, this is what we read. After that, the whole generation that Joshua had gathered went to be with their fathers. And then there rose up another generation in Israel who did not know the Lord or what He had done for Israel. Check that out. Joshua is going, stay in covenant with God. And two chapters later, they're out of relationship. And then it goes on to say this, everyone did what was right in their own eyes. And the society descends into a mess and into chaos. And the book of Judges is alarming and disturbing. And you know why? It's because it's a picture of what happens and what it looks like when we as humanity forsake God and decide to go our own way, when we fail to pass His faithfulness on to another generation. You know, creative team, you know it well. Psalm 68 commands us that one generation shall declare your works to the next. And what do we declare? Over and over and over, we are declaring Gospel, the Kingdom's come, that God's will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. We declare that we are part of God's greatest redemptive plan known to humanity. And in the words of Jesus, in Revelation 21.5, we echo to another generation this, Behold, I am making all things new. You know, Paul Sloan, who is a creative genius, he says this, creativity is thinking of something new, but innovation is the implementation of something new. God's creative genius is endless. He is the God of the new thing. But for us, the innovation is in the application of God's new. And so what kind of all things is it that God's making new? You know, Carolee, she referenced it. And it's amazing because as soon as you open the Bible, there are so many things. There's new wine in Matthew 9:17. There's new life in 2 Corinthians 5:17. There's a new heaven and a new earth in Revelation 21:14. There is a new heart and a new spirit in Ezekiel 36:26. There's a new body in Philippians 3:21 and 2 Corinthians 5. There is a new perspective in 2 Corinthians. There is a new confession in Galatians 2.20. There is a new identity in 1 John 3. There is new community, a new covenant, a new way of life, a new mandate. And so it goes on and on and on because in Jesus Christ, we are being made new. Yeah, Jesus, it says in Isaiah, like Carolee said, see, I'm doing a new thing. And now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. But check this out, here's the challenge. You and I, we live in 2020 and yet we steward ancient truth. We have faithfully received that truth about Jesus Christ and now it's our turn to turn around and pass it on to another generation. You know, over centuries, people have chosen how they will pass on our story, how they'll pass on the story of Jesus. And they have innovated and morphed and changed with time and technology. You know, think about the printing press or the internet or radio or even film and television. And you know what, as New Testament believers, our commission has always been go into all the world and make disciples. 
But over time, the way we've done that, it's needed to change because people need to hear the Gospel in a language and a way that they can understand because the world changes and the ways we relate to each other, they change and the methods change. And you know what? Even the meaning of words change. If you've got teenagers in your house like I do, like they come up with all sorts of three-letter acronyms that mean nothing to me, but they've got it. Their way of relating, it's different. And to be honest with you, and Carolee alluded to it in 2020, even the very way we do church has changed. And so as the people of God, we need to find new language and new ways to continue to reveal God and His work amongst us, to connect with each other, to build community and to continue to grow as disciples and to reach out to others. Because for what one generation finds meaningful, another generation finds meaningless. The thing that I love about God is He gets this. He is the ultimate communicator. You know, in the Old Testament, It's written in Hebrew because that was the language of the Jews. And yet when Jesus came as a Galilean, He spoke Aramaic, a tiny language. But when we recorded that in the New Testament, it was recorded in Greek, which was the language of the day. And you know what? If those before us, if they hadn't been faithful to innovate and think differently and translate, you and I, we would never hold in our hands that Bible in English or Bahasa or Japanese or Mandarin or German or Swedish or Spanish or even Braille. You know, God is so committed to everyone hearing that Jesus Christ is Lord, that when the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost in Acts 2, it records it like this, and everyone heard in their language as the Spirit gave utterance. Don't you think that's amazing? God cuts through all the noise and in individuals' own languages, He brings the good news. And so it turns out when we as Christians innovate, when we find new ways of doing things, our innovation honours God. Did you get that? Our innovation honours God, but our innovation, and this is the coolest bit ever, it's actually a form of worship. And our innovation, well, it has the power to reach well beyond our own circle and out into all the world. You see, if people don't hear about Jesus in their own language, if our message isn't passed on, if we don't become radical and take risks and share the story of what God has done in our own lives, but what this meta-narrative is, a generation will rise up around us that neither knows God or knows His ways. And they, they will do whatever seems right in their own eyes. And I don't know about you, but that sounds a little bit like the society we find ourselves living in right now. And so writers, actors, filmmakers, dancers, artists, animators, songwriters, vocalists, set designers, photographers, even comedians like our beloved Benny Eggs, architects, mums, teenagers, pastors, prophets and people. Will you worship God? Will you, team, will you innovate? Will you decide tonight to speak all the unique and different languages that you have in your suite to communicate with? You know, you all have the ability to communicate with others in ways that we don't. You dancers communicate dance to people who understand dance. Artists, when you paint, it resonates with artists. Singers, when you sing, you move people. You know, we have a language and people in your world will respond to it and understand it just like the first disciples did 
when the Spirit enabled them to speak Syrian or Greek or Aramaic or any of the other languages of the day. You know, team, you now speak the creative languages of our cultures and our subcultures in 2020. So what will you say? What will your legacy be? What will innovative worship look like? Will your innovation lead many to worship? Because I wanna leave you with this. Innovation can be worship, but tonight, will your worship be innovative? I don't know whereabouts you are. You could be in your living room. You could be with a crew of people. You could be pulled over in your car. You could be in McDonald's drive-thru for all we know. Um, But what I do know is that here and now, the presence of God is moving, is active. He is ministering and speaking to His church. I'm always reminded as we put on these team nights for our crew and tonight for the broader Worship and Creative Conference family that God cares about His church more than we ever could in our wildest dreams and He has promised to build it. And so for all our efforts, for all our innovation, for all our creativity, all the glory must always go to Him. And before I get into the third point that Carolee has very kindly given me to speak about, um, I just want to remind us that innovation can never become anything more than the means to the end of glorifying God. It is never the object of our affection. It is never the reason why we do this. The reason why we innovate, the reason why we create is to worship God, to make His presence and His greatness known, like Cass said. Our gift, our ability, our talent was never designed to hold or to store glory or praise. It was only ever made to point it back to the Father who is ever praised by creation for all time, which is an interesting paradox for us as people because we look to gift and we look to the tangible things and we hold on to that. And it's so easy for us to elevate gift, to idolize people or position or prominence or these things. Let me remind you, our innovation is never to become an idol. It is only ever to become the roadway to which we say thank you to God for His incredible gift of life and salvation. That was for free. Um, I am now going to go into our third point, which you heard from Carolee that innovation is part of God's nature. You heard from Cass that innovation is an important part of our worship. And I want to talk tonight for just a few minutes about the idea that innovation is an act of kingdom. Innovation is an act of kingdom. What does that mean? Innovation is an act of kingdom because when we innovate, truly innovate, when we don't just create for our own selves, but when we bring it to our community, to our church body, when we bring our gift to be used, not only does it imitate God's nature, not only does it reflect glory to Him, but it also serves the people around us by bringing a little piece of heaven to earth. Innovation is the connection, is the junction between God's care for His people and our care for each other. What I wrote here, which I thought was really good, I wanna read it so I don't get it wrong, is that first thing is this, True innovation brings heaven to earth. It's an act of kingdom come. In its purest form, innovation is the intersection of God's care for man, our care for each other. It is justice and creativity. It is care and community. It is gift and it is grace. It is all the things that God has intended for us to bring to our world. The whole point of us getting saved and then still remaining here after receiving that gift of salvation is that we can bring to bear on this earth what God has put in our hands and on our life. 
That is why we are given the ability and the gift to innovate. I can see that people are liking this. I can see that Juliana is liking this. I can see that Vera is liking this. I can see Josh, Yulvraj, Mel, Luke, lots of people. I can't say the names fast enough, but I know that I'm really grateful for every one of you is here. Second thing is this, because man, this time is running out fast, which is important, is that innovation isn't about ingenuity, but it is about impact. I thought Carolee put it so well earlier when she talked about some of the innovations that we see through God's nature, some of the way that we see that reflected through mankind. Cass talked so brilliantly about Bibles being translated into languages, including Braille. These things don't feel like they're seismic shifts, but what makes innovation powerful, what makes it God glorifying and what makes it an act of kingdom is when it's designed to serve other people. This is what makes our innovation valuable. Not because it's some grand scale, not because it's something that can be you know, charted worldwide, but because it's something that changes one person's life. We often think that if we had more budget, we'd do something clever and creative and innovative. We think that if we had a better computer or the new iPhone 12 Supermax Mega Pro Diamond Edition, that we'd be able to create more cool stuff. In reality, it would still be a different tool in your hand. And it's not the tool that it's blessed, but it's your hand that is blessed to complete the work of God. We think that we need to be locked away in a mountain cabin to write the great American novel or the great Australian novel. You don't, not for a second. Innovation isn't about what you have, it's about what you do with what you have. Like Carolee talked about so, so well. Uh, I've been laughing at and amused by and inspired by the world's shortest poem by an American poet named Strickland Gillian. Uh, I'm going to read it to you in its entirety. Are you ready for this? If you're ready for this poem in the chat, I'm gonna tell you and we're gonna have a great time. The shortest poem in the world is called Fleas. Ready? Here's the poem in its entirety. I'm gonna read it to make sure I don't get it wrong. Adam, Adam. That's it. You're probably waiting for more. You're waiting for a greater explanation. No, that perfectly sums up the purpose of what they are here to do. And you might look at that and go, oh, that's a joke. Maybe, is it? It's three words. It's the shortest poem in the world. But for some reason, you tell me that you need more equipment, more budget, more time, more tools to create. Strickland needed three words. If he can do that with three words, imagine what you can do with a simple, hi, how are you? God bless you. Are you okay? I see you. Three words are powerful in the right hand. And I'm here to tell you that you might not feel like you're powerful. You might not feel like you have a part to play. If three words can make that much of a difference in someone's life, imagine what you can do tomorrow with three simple words. Third thing I wanna say quickly, talking about innovation as an active kingdom is this, um, is that innovation always takes things forward, like Carolee talked about, like Cass talked about. And if I can finish with this, I wanna finish talking about glass. Glass, like in a window, you know. If it's for our friends who are from international parts of the world, I will say glass to you, but to me it's just glass, which is fine. We first see the use of glass about two and a half thousand years ago in ancient Egyptian cultures. By the year 686, we start to see glass used in churches, in windows, through England, through France, through parts of what was left of the Roman Empire. And by the Middle Ages, glass stained with different colours has turned from being something used to kind of let some light in to something that is both a religious icon or a religious art form and a global art phenomenon. See, the people who built these churches used stained glass windows to tell the story of the gospel. 
to tell the story of God's goodness. They went to people who couldn't read, but could see. They put the Gospel in a language that they could understand since they didn't have a Bible that could fit in their pocket. Glass at that point was already two and a half thousand years old. They were just like, okay, how do we take this and use it in a way that serves people? They managed to find a way to take the invention of glass and innovate it in a way to make it the Gospel in people's hearts and minds and lives. Innovation continually drives forward. As the 20th century develops, we see Henri Matisse and Diverneur, they start to use stained glass in new and inventive ways. Even as lately as 2016, Kahinda Wiley does a series of stained glass with beautiful, beautiful pieces that you should definitely check out, taking some of the misconceptions about the church and the misconceptions about maybe even stained glass and doing incredible works talking about racial justice in the church and bringing unity. This is innovation. My time is gone, we are done, but I just wanna ask three very quick questions for you and then I'm gonna pray for us. I can see that people are really enjoying tonight. I can see that Tony's having a great time. I can see my friend Sam Towns is having a great time. Jace is here having a great time. Krisha, lovely to see you as well. Josiah, great to see you. A few quick questions for you. What are you gonna do with what you've been given in 2020? What are you gonna do with it? You've been given something. It might not feel like much, but man, God has given you enough. He has given you enough to do something for Him. And that's what we're excited about. So three questions just to recap before we pray. One, what will you do to reflect the Father's nature? Like Carolee talked about. Second, what will you do to bring Him the glory that is due His name, the Father, our Creator, our God, our Saviour? And third, what will you create that brings a little piece of heaven to earth today? It is within your grasp, it is within your power because you have the Holy Spirit guiding you, sharpening you and making you well able to walk in the path that God has for you. So what I wanna do now by way of closing up before we get into the rest of the night and micro labs and a few other things is to pray. I wanna pray for you. If you feel challenged, stirred and inspired before Cass and Carolee come back up, that you feel like this is a, a season for you to press into God, to discover His innovative nature and to put it to work in your own life. If you go, this is for me, I feel dry, I feel stale, I feel creatively numb. I know that God has more for me and for my gift that I could give glory to Him. Put it in the chat. I just want you to put pray for me in the chat and we are gonna pray for as many of you by name as we can possibly pray for by name. Put it in the chat, pray for me and we are gonna pray for God to fill you afresh with His Spirit and to unlock a greater level of creative innovation than you ever thought possible here in the tail end of 2020. I, start, I see people starting to put it in already. Michael is putting it in. Juliana is putting it in. Tunde is putting it in. Sandy is there. Samantha is there. If this is for you, put in pray for me. We are gonna pray for you. And the best news is, the thing I love most about our creative family and that our pastors Cass and Rich say it all the time, this isn't just me praying for for you. This is our entire creative family standing together, believing together, sharpening each other and believing for God to have His way. As people continue to put pray for me in the chat, let's pray together. God, we thank You so much that we see innovation and creativity all through Your nature. You reveal Yourself through Scripture. You make it known to us that this is who You are. In the same breath, we see that we have a chance to use our gifts to worship You, to bring You glory, to adore You, to extol You and to bless Your heart. 
And Father, I pray also for these people who are all saying pray for me in this chat. And they know that they want to see this brought to bear in their own life so they can make a difference in their communities, neighbourhoods and family. I pray for your refreshing. I pray for your innovative nature to flow in us and through us. For kingdom come to see your church built like never before. We love you. We thank you. Amen. Well, thanks for listening to today's episode. I hope you've enjoyed it and I hope that it, hope that it's really useful to you. If the podcast is useful and helpful to you, if you're enjoying it, then I'd love to invite you to share it on social media or maybe to text it, you know, share a link with a friend. Uh, if you tag Hillsong Creative at Hillsong Creative, uh, maybe we'll repost you, I don't know. <laughs> and if, you, uh, if you're not yet subscribed, let me just take this opportunity to Uh, invite you to do that as well you'll get notified of new episodes whenever they're released also if you haven't heard we've launched a brand new podcast called the praying through the bible with hillsong creative it's designed to help you get more out of the word of god in your daily life so i'd encourage you to search hillsong creative or praying through the bible subscribe to that one too and of course obviously rate it and let us know how you're enjoying that one too well thanks again for being part of us and with us on the journey and we'll talk to you next time